0: Hi besties. You did it. You survived March. This is crazy. It's a year since the two-week lockdown and we're still in that two-week lockdown. Fucking wild how long two weeks is, huh? Anyways, um, what have I been doing? I went to Camden Market to get some food. Don't really get the Camden hype, never really understood it, but I respect that people love that place. It's just not really my Vibe, I guess. I don't know. It has this kind of tourist vibe to it, and I don't know. Not that there's anything wrong with tourism. It just doesn't really feel like authentic London. In the same way that I would like look at Big Ben and be like, I don't care. You know. I hope that makes sense. But oh my god, someone actually told me that they watched One Tree Hill because of this podcast where I mentioned One Hill. Guys, do you know how happy that makes me? Because literally One Tree Hill shaped me. Like, if you want to know why I am the way I am, Brooke Davis. Like, Brooke Davis, period. Sorry, because that girl shaped my personality. So, yeah, I mean, if I could literally make a whole podcast about TV shows and film recommendations, I would. Because I, actually, I don't watch that many anymore. I'm in a bit of a, a film rut right now. I mean, to be fair, the film industry isn't doing great. So that's not really my fault. I'm just like not motivated to watch any new TV shows. I just like re-watching the ones that I already know that I love. But yeah, let me actually give you some recommendations. So One Tree Hill, duh. Grey's Anatomy, duh. Um, the Bold Type. I was gonna say The Office and like I do love The Office but I feel like everybody's watched The Office. Of course my mind goes blank when I'm like let me tell you guys. Ugh, I don't know. Okay just watch those and then get back to me. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. I've been thinking recently. I'm always thinking, duh, that's why I have a podcast, but I've been thinking a lot about like figuring yourself out and how, when I was in school, I did everything I could to fit in. And I don't like who that person was. Uh, not that she was a bad person, not that she did anything to like, you know, ruin the world. She just wasn't me. And that's okay. Cause you have to figure yourself out. But it's just really weird because I would dress the same as everybody else and I would try and listen to the same music as everybody else but I just didn't like doing those things. I hated the way I dressed in secondary school. I hated the music I listened to (laughs) because realistically like my music taste, I would say it's very eclectic. I know that sounds pretentious but whatever, go with it. But I like love Boston and Def Leppard and just like, proper rock and roll bands and like old school rock and roll bands. I mean, I would die for Alex Turner and Arctic Monkeys, but you know, that's besides the point. But I also love like Chance the Rapper. And when I was in secondary school, my music taste was very much emo. (laughs) Like I listened to Panic at the Disco, My Chemical Romance, All Time Low, you know, like the emo shit, but my friends or at least my friendship groups didn't really listen to that kind of music. And so I would just listen to music that I absolutely hated. So I could like sing along when they were singing it at lunchtime, which is just so, looking back, I'm so embarrassed. Cause I'm like, why did I do that? Like, why wasn't I just confident enough in myself? Well, like I was a very shy person and I just didn't really have any confidence in school. So I just felt the need to mold myself into what everybody else was. And it's the same with fashion. And it's crazy to me because I genuinely do not think I found my sense of style until this time last year like because of the pandemic and the fact that I just had to dress for me and I was dressing up literally to go to the coffee shop or to go on like a walk with my dad and I was just like oh like I don't care if anyone sees me in this because I'm not going to know them and therefore their judgment and their opinion doesn't matter to me and I just completely changed my wardrobe. I think it was in about August of last year. I just threw out my old wardrobe. Like I literally don't have any clothes because I just threw them all away. And I was like, I don't know who the fuck that person was, but she had a bad fashion sense. And now I like the way I dress. I do need to go shopping though. But yeah, I like the way I dress and I like that it kind of embodies how I feel about myself. Um, And the exact same thing happened with traveling actually. I always felt like I had to travel with people because, you know, you always see these pictures on Pinterest and Tumblr and Instagram of these massive friendship groups going on beach holidays. But I had two issues with that because one, I don't have a big friendship group and two, I hate the beach. So that was never going to happen for me. So it was when I went to uni, I was like, okay, now I have more money than I would normally have. And this is probably the only time in my life where I'm going to have an income that doesn't really mean that much to me. If that makes sense, like my student loan didn't mean that much to me because like, it wasn't my money. I don't know how to explain it. I feel like anyone who's had a student loan knows how that feels. Like it doesn't feel like your money. Um, so I was just like, fuck it. I'm just going to book as many holidays as I want. And I'm going to go by myself. And I did. And I think I went to like, I think I went to five European countries by myself or more than five, whatever. I went to a few countries and everyone was like, why are you going by yourself? And I was like, because why would I wait around for everybody else? And I feel like traveling is just something I've always wanted to do. Like I've just had this massive desire in my heart to travel. And both my parents traveled a lot when they were younger. So I don't know, like I always just wanted to do it. And my parents work now, so I can't just be like, let's go on holiday when I want to go on holiday. So I just kind of took it upon myself to say, well, if you want to travel, no one's going to do it for you. You have to do it for yourself. You have to be the person that pioneers the movement for you to get what you want and so I did I just booked a flight and then people will come to you and gravitate to you because of that because there's something very attractive about that kind of confidence and I always found that whenever I'd go on holiday people would be like oh my god I want to come with you next time and I was like okay but like sure I did travel with people because they saw that I was going on holiday so much but that didn't really matter to me because I just became so confident in traveling by myself and now even when I look at holidays like I never look with anyone else in mind sure there'll be some trips where I'm like oh we should do this together and like obviously when I went to New York I didn't go alone last year so like we planned our trip together but other than that I like traveling alone anyways so with all that being said like I just had to figure myself out and figure out what I like and put that first and it can be difficult because I feel like all humans have a desire to feel like they belong to something whether it's a religion or a community or anything, we all have this desire for belonging. But that doesn't mean that you have to get rid of your sense of individuality. And I think that's where you have to figure out who you are, like the middle ground between those two things. Because like I said, especially in school, I just didn't feel like I fit in. And you know, at school, I don't look back and dwell on it. Like, obviously, (laughs) if someone mentions my secondary school to me, I'm like, please don't fucking mention that hellhole to me. But Like, I just didn't fit in. I didn't feel like I fit in. Nobody looked like me. Nobody dressed like me. Nobody listened to the same music as me. So I just kind of morphed myself into what everybody else wanted. And, like, the perfect version of these groups mixed together, if that makes sense. And I feel like that's even when I became, like, heavily into partying. Because as soon as I left school, I was like, oh, I actually really don't like partying. I don't like being in loud environments where you literally cannot even hear your friends speak. Okay, I just, it wasn't my vibe, but I would just go and party with people because I was like I have to, like this is how I have friends. And like I always say, I do not regret any of that. Like those years literally shaped me into who I am. But I think everyone looks back at their life sometimes and says, well, what would have happened if I just didn't do that? Uh, you don't have to regret it. You just kind of wonder, well, what if? And that's something, you know, you really shouldn't dwell on what would happen if you didn't do that because you did it. So there's really nothing you can do about it. But it's just interesting because every single thing you've done in your life has led you to where you are today. And you think like if you changed just one thing, you wouldn't be who you are today. So as much as I'm like, oh, that definitely wasn't me. It helped me find myself. And for that, I'm forever grateful. So with that being said, I think it's very fair to say that we all go through a moment like that in our life. And then you have to figure out when you want to focus on yourself. And in my personal opinion, I don't think you have a choice on when you want to focus on yourself. I think it's a feeling that like occurs randomly. So for example, like I decided to focus on myself last summer when I was in a massive just pit of misery and I know it wasn't last summer, the summer before. Yeah, sorry. To me, the pandemic year didn't happen, but yeah, the year before that, sorry. I was just so miserable. And I was like, I can't keep living like this. Like, this is a horrible way for me to live, especially because I feel like I was just so. Caught up in how sad I was that it was preventing me from doing other things. Like, it was preventing me from doing schoolwork. It was preventing me from socializing. It was preventing me from doing what I love and figuring myself out. So I was like, fuck it. Like, I just have to unpack everything I'm going through. And I did. And like, it's a process. I'm not done, but you just feel it. You feel that you can't keep living that way and you have to do something about it. And that's what I mean when I say that it's not something you choose to do. It's something that occurs in your life. And so you have to really figure out what makes you happy and what makes you want to get better, if that makes sense, or what makes you want to be the best version of yourself. And for me, it was realizing that making myself smaller to make other people happy wasn't making me happy because I deserved to be as big as I wanted to be. And I didn't need to keep living my life in the shadows and the confines of what everybody else wanted. And so I just did that. I cut so many people out of my life and I, I took a couple of months to just focus on myself. That's when I got back into working out after like six months of not working out. And I really started to try and find the special moments in life and appreciate the small things because I think there's something really amazing about waking up and being like, I'm gonna choose to look for one good thing today. And that sounds cheesy and it's difficult. And the reason I say it's difficult is because there were days where I was like, I'm not even grateful that I'm awake. So why would I be grateful for anything else? And you genuinely have to just find the small things. And so I wouldn't say find something every day because like, let's be real, life is difficult. I fucking hate when people are like, find the beauty in every day, like some days suck. That's just how life is. But at least once a month, look back and be like, what happened this month that I can be grateful for? And there would have been months for me where I felt like nothing happened, like nothing that could have caused any sort of gratitude in my body. But I would find something. I would sit and search. And some months I'd be like, I'm grateful that I got out of bed because I spent weeks in bed crying. So it doesn't have to be like this massive monumental thing. You just have to try and like program your brain to realize that sometimes there are things going on around you that you're not, you're not paying attention to at the time, but they are helping you get better. They're helping you become a better person. And so when you start living that way or when you choose to just completely focus on yourself, you kind of realize that you're a lot bigger than you thought you were. I think before people start focusing on themselves, they don't realize their power. And I always say to people, like, you're so fucking powerful. Like, everybody is so powerful. We all have such unique powers and we all have so much to offer. It's just figuring out what that is and how you're going to use it. When I realized that I was just making myself smaller to make other people happier, I kind of like clicked into this realization that that was just a temporary happiness. It's like positive reinforcement. Is it positive reinforcement or negative reinforcement? I don't know. I haven't done psychology in a while, but whatever. The idea that like somebody praising you for your behaviors encourages that behavior. And so I was making myself smaller and that was making the people around me happier. So temporarily I was like, I'll keep doing this. And I thought it was making me happier, but it wasn't. It was making me miserable. And I really lost myself and I didn't, even recognize who I was because I was doing things I didn't like. And I was hanging out with people who had nothing in common with me. So I really don't know why it took me so long to realize that, but you know, it takes people longer than others. So I'm not mad at myself for that, but being a people pleaser is honestly a fucking curse. Sometimes, you know, you think that it doesn't matter. You're like, oh, well, I'm just a people pleaser, but uh, please yourself. Like you don't need to please other people. And I feel like, at least for me, my people pleasing came from a place of anxiety and like lack of confidence because I was just like, I need to make them happy because like I'm insecure and that fucking sucks. And even though now I guess you could define me as a people pleaser, I don't choose to define myself as a people pleaser. I just want the best for people, but not if it comes at the price of losing my own happiness. So like I'll actively go out of my way to make other people happy but the minute that my happiness is compromised, it's game over, like you've you've lost me, sorry bestie. You just have to remind yourself that you will find people that you don't feel a need to impress. And those are the friendships that matter. Those are the friendships that feel easy because friendships should never fucking feel difficult. And I wish somebody had told me that sooner because I just thought that friendships were meant to be a shit ton of arguments and people treating you like shit. And then you had like a few happy days. And that's just not how friendship's meant to be at all. Like, your friendship make you feel like you're the best person on the planet. Like, you grow with them. You love them. They appreciate you. You appreciate them. Like, everything is reciprocated. And I'm not saying that they just cheer you on and never tell you that you're doing anything wrong. No, your friends call you out. True friends say, like, this isn't right. You shouldn't do that. But it should never feel difficult and the thing I love about my friends is like anytime that I feel like maybe we're gonna have an argument or whatever because I'm not saying that you like you don't argue with your friends of course you do you're human beings but anytime something like that happens and realistically at least in my experience with my best friends now like we really don't argue we just have like kind of miscommunications or like I don't know, just like little blips. They're definitely not arguments, but either one will be like, are we good? Like, are we good? Like, that wasn't serious. Like, are we good? Or we'll just take some time to really think about what happened and then be like, okay, like this is my side. This is your side. Okay, cool. Moving on, you know? And when that started happening, when I was finding friends that were actual friends, I just couldn't believe it. I was like, wait, huh? Like, Like, this is healthy. Like, this is what people are talking about when they say friendship. And it's not meant to be difficult. It's not meant to feel like this constant uphill climb with no, like, sliding down. Because, you know, when you slide down a hill or something, that's, like, the fun part. Like, there was just none of that in friendships up until, like, 18, I guess. And I just wish someone had told me that friendships are not meant to be difficult. They're meant to be... Easy, and they're meant to be these beautiful relationships in your life that make you cherish the fact that you have people around you and you have a support system. So, if you feel like you don't have that support system around you, I'll be that voice for you. And I'll remind you that you can literally be whoever you want to be in this world. And I genuinely think that if you cannot stop thinking about something, whether that's a job, a place, the life that you want, don't stop working for it. And your friends really should be the people that encourage you to do that. I say that because I got very lucky with parents that just said I could do whatever I wanted in this life, but I understand that not everybody has that parental support system. And so I feel like it's really important to find that in your friends. And I'm not someone that places a big like value on family. I don't have a big family, so I don't ever see the importance of like massive family relationships. But... Like my best friends are my sisters, and to me, those are that like that's my blood. We might not be biologically related, but those those people are literally my blood sisters, and that's why I think that like finding the good people in your life is so important because they become your family, and sometimes your chosen family is more important than your blood family, and they're the people that will root for you and just stand by you through everything, and that's so so fucking important in you becoming who you are, because as much as you 100% can do it alone, there is something so beautiful about having people to share it with. And if you are doing that alone, if you are finding yourself and becoming your own person by yourself without like a support system or friends around you, good for you because that's fucking difficult. And I've done that. And I had to do that before I found my friends because the people around me would never have rooted for me. They didn't care for me. So I had to do that. And I know it's fucking difficult. And so I'm here as the person that's been on both sides of that, the person that's had to find themselves alone and the person that's had to find themselves while surrounded by people they love. Both will get you where you want to be. You just have to work your ass off for it and you have to really want it. And if you really want it, you'll get it. And I truly believe that. I truly think that if you really want something in life, it will just fall into place eventually. But... Don't let the person that you become be a copy of the people that you're around because you want to fit in. That's never ever going to work out because that's not who you are. And whether you believe that there's a plan for all of us or you believe in fate or anything like that, I feel like we can all be in agreement that no one's no one's path in this life is to just be a replica of somebody else. There's no way. Obviously, I'm not I'm not in control of the universe. I'm not the big guy in the sky. I do not control the stars. I don't know definitely but I would like to believe that nobody's path in this life is to just be a copy of somebody else. I think a lot of the time people become a copy of someone else because they think that that person is perfect and that's the life that they want. And perfection doesn't exist. It's literally an unobtainable false reality that just encourages you to never be happy with the life you have. And you'll never be able to fall in love with life if you're striving for perfection. And we all find different things perfect and that's what we aim to have whether it's grades whether it's a body whether it's a lifestyle but literally perfection just doesn't fucking exist and it never will and like there's not one thing in this world that's perfect that everybody in the world will agree is perfect and so that's why perfection doesn't exist because it's not objective and because it's not objective it literally cannot exist period, sorry, will not be taking any arguments on this one. Go fight with a wall if you disagree with me. But, um, I don't know. It's just like when people strive for perfection, it's normally such a big thing. Like it's something that will like completely change you. And I feel like when you're trying to change yourself for the better, you have to focus on the small things. Like you can't just be like, I'm going to become this person because you don't know, like it's a step by step process. You don't know the breakdown because I'm not encouraging you to become someone else. No, 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 no. I'm all here for individuality and being your best individual self. But let's say hypothetically, you were trying to become somebody else There's no way you could do it because you don't know every breakdown of that person's life and their brain and how their emotions are processed. And so that's why I say like, it's the small things. You have to change the small things in your life because realistically, they all make you who you are. Like they all build up to make you the version that you are. You can't just change you. Fucking hell, that was extremely difficult to explain. It's like, if you wait for the right moment to change, you could literally be waiting a lifetime especially if it's like this whole body change that you think is going to happen. Like you just think that one day you're going to wake up and you're going to be super in shape and you're going to have the best mental health and you're going to have clear skin and you're going to like wake up and journal every single morning. Those things don't happen overnight. You really do just have to wake up every day and say, okay, today's the day I do it. Today's the day that I am going to figure my shit out and find out what works for me and what doesn't. And just change everything but you have to start small it's baby steps guys baby steps will get you there and it takes time but just trust in the process don't give up because like okay say you want a physical change and i feel like mental change is much more important than physical change but say you want like a dump truck booty you can go to the gym do those sumo squats you know you can do it and you'll get there but it doesn't happen immediately after you leave the gym like you don't leave the gym with a dump truck after doing two squats you know it's a whole process and every day you have to like increase your weights and add more reps it's a whole process of getting there and that's just proof that things don't happen overnight but you have to stick with it so now that we've figured out that shit doesn't happen overnight and it's a long process and you have to stick with it I feel like a big part of that is realizing that you literally get to wake up every single day and decide who you're going to be. And that's a fucking power move. Never underestimate how powerful that is. And I mean, literally every single day you get to decide who you want to be. If you want to be a different person every single day, go for it. And I think the first time I realized that was when I like heavily started changing my appearance. And like that was definitely a point of insecurity like why the fuck did I dye my hair purple especially when purple is a color of insecurity but like when I started dyeing my hair a lot and straightening it and getting fringes and bangs and whatever I realized like I don't have to be whoever everyone thought I was yesterday I get to decide that and if it's going to take you a while to adjust to the new me then that's on you that's actually none of my business but I get to decide who I want to be. And whether that's a girl with different colored hair every single day, or it's someone who picks up a new hobby every day, everyone else just has to adjust to it. You don't need to cater to everybody else's confusion. You don't need to cater to everyone else's slow process of catching up to who you want to be, because it's your fucking life. Like do whatever you want. And every decision and every choice you make in this life has to start and end with you. Like you have to be the priority of all your decisions. And if you are like, oh, I'm not going to dye my hair because someone's going to get upset, then you're not the priority of your decision. I 100% agree that if you want to change your appearance because you're like so unhappy with it, then you should do it. It doesn't mean that you're insecure. It doesn't mean that you hate yourself. It just means that there's something about you that's not what you want it to be. And if you can change it, you should be able to. That's why I'm like, if you want plastic surgery, go for it. It's your body. Who the fuck are other people to tell you that you can't do that? And so when I started dyeing my hair, my mom was like, why are you doing that? And I was like, I hate my hair color. So I haven't had my natural hair color since I was 11. Well, I dyed my hair for the first time when I was in year seven and ever since I've been dyeing my hair because my hair's a really dirty blonde. And if you don't know what I look like, I'm mixed race with an afro. So just picture that. And I know now it's kind of quirky for mixed race girls to have blonde hair, but I just don't like mine because it's like kind of ginger in the sun and it's like blonde and I don't know. It's just a weird combination of colors and I just didn't like it. So I started dyeing my hair. And realistically, the people in my life now don't even know what my natural hair color looks like. The only people who have seen my natural hair color in the past 10 years are my parents and it was in lockdown because my dye started fading and there was no hairdressers open and it was a rough time. Okay, it was a rough time. Um, if you scroll through my Instagram, you can see there's a few pictures where the ends of my hair are like really gingery blonde. And that's when my natural hair color was coming through. But I did something about it. I was like, I don't like my natural hair color, so I'm going to dye it. And it's not that I was insecure. I just didn't like the way it looked. After a while, when I was dyeing my hair, it was definitely out of insecurity because I was like, I just want to fit in. And I feel like, oh my God, I feel like you could really tell that I was going through like an identity crisis because I was dying my hair wild colors and then immediately dying it black because I got scared of what everyone else would think. And you can't fucking do that. Okay. You can't do that. You can't change your appearance because you're worried about what other people will think. You have to change your appearance despite what people think. And well, no, you don't have to change your appearance, but if you want to change your appearance, you have to change it despite what people think about it. Because It's you, like you're the one that has to look in the mirror and be in love with what you see. And if other people aren't like, fuck them, but you have to be able to look in that mirror and be like, hell yeah, you're hot. You know, it's just, you just have to find yourself the most attractive person in the room every time. And if people think you're narcissistic and self-obsessed, they're just jealous that they don't have your confidence. Be proud of that because people hate what they don't have. And I stand by that 100%. Of course, there's always exceptions, but more often than not, especially like when bullies in school bully people, it's normally because either one, they have something in their own life that they're not dealing with and they find it easy to abuse their power onto you. Or two, you have something that they want. Like they want to have the confidence that you have or they look at you and think you're prettier than them and so they have to bring you down. And when you're confident in who you are, people are going to try and bring you down. People are going to call you a bitch. People are going to tell you that you're cocky and self-obsessed. And realistically, that's just not the case. I think being confident in this world is a fucking power move because this world will do everything it can to profit off you being insecure. And so if you can wake up and be like, I'm the main character, I'm going to do exactly what I need to do. So my life is the best it can be. Keep doing it you're doing a great job. Okay. Also, I think a cool thing to do is like every month, do something that scares you. Do something that you've kind of said, oh, I want to do that one day, but you've never given it a date. You've never come up with a plan. It's just in the back of your head. Just do it. Whether it's on the 1st or the 30th of every month or the 28th, February being a fucking attention seeker. But Like once a month, just do something that scares you. Whether it's dyeing your hair or whether it's kissing the guy you like, whatever it is, just do something that scares you because I promise you it will help you grow. Within fear, there's so much growth. I truly believe that fear makes you grow the most in this life because besties, what we're not going to do is let our potential go to waste because we don't feel ready enough because we're scared of what could happen. Bite the fucking bullet. Please take this as your sign to bite the bullet and do what you want because you never want to live with a life full of what ifs. Everyone's going to have some what ifs and everyone's going to look back and wonder what could have happened if one thing went differently. And we'll have a few of those for our lives, but you don't want the big things to be what ifs, like the career moves or the location that you live in, because those are the things that make you want to leave your bed in the morning. So those should never be the what ifs. And, you know, I touched on this before, the whole idea of making yourself smaller for everybody else, but It can be really easy to think that you're not worth a fresh start or you're not worth a new chance if people have made you feel that you're not worthy of those things. And it's going to take time to rewire your brain because now you believe that you're not worthy. But I promise you, you are. You are worth so much more than what bad people in your life have led you to believe. And you are a million times over worth every single thing you want in this life you can recreate yourself whenever you want but you just have to remember how fucking special you are okay so we are reaching the end of the podcast however somebody messaged me on instagram and asked if i could talk about moving and living in london and what the experience is like etc cetera, etc cetera. and a few people have asked me this and i do just want to start by saying i do not pay rent i know nothing about the property ladder in london i was born here i live with my parents let's just get that one out of the way however some tips I have for living in London. And if you don't care about this, feel free to skip to the end and like just not listen to the rest of this. Love you. Thanks for listening so far. Um, But for anyone else who wants to listen, hi, stick around. Let's go. So tips for living in London. Tip number one, when you get to Tottenham Court Road Station, Use the no entrance entrance. Use it as an entrance. That tunnel will take you to the platform faster than the fucking stairs and the escalators everywhere else, okay? That is my number one rule for anybody moving to London. Tottenham Court Road Station is setting you up for failure. You just need to go through the no entrance entrance. Okay. Two, also to do with tubes. Never fucking change trains at Monument. Never do that. That station is a curse. There are so many stairs. It's literally two stations in one, okay? Don't do it. Figure out another way to get on the northern line, the district line, the central line. Just don't change there. Um, Tip three. Hmm. I would say figure out a location that you love to socialize in. Obviously, when you first get to London, there will be a shit ton of bars you want to go to, clubs, restaurants, whatever. Do the whole shebang. Go everywhere and anywhere. But figure out an area once you've tested the waters everywhere that you wish to stay in you don't have to live there just that you wish to socialize in because i feel like if you live in london it can be really important to find a community because this city does not want you here i'm gonna be so straight up london does not want you here it will literally just do everything in its power to make sure you don't stay because everything in this city is about the grind and like that's why it's tough to make it here And I feel very fortunate that I just got to be born into it. so I don't have to, like, find my way here. But I can only imagine how difficult it must be to move here from a different city. And so, like, big respect to anybody that's done that. But you need to find your people. You need to find not even, like, friends or, like, close friends. But just the people that you feel safe around. And if you ever want to go for a drink, you know what areas you can find people that are like you in so I think most people around my age hang out in like Shoreditch and (sighs) now this is where I prove how little I socialize yeah I know to be fair I just think everyone hangs out in Shoreditch I mean I guess some people hang out in Soho but I never really hang out with people my own age in Soho even though that's where I am the most okay yeah let's just go with that Shoreditch and Soho You'll find like age mates, you'll find people that will introduce you to other people and you'll find just communities and groups to hang out with. I think that's a great thing to have in London. You also don't need to live in zone one. You don't need to live in the city. The trains will get you everywhere. I'm trying to think what else. Um, Oh God, Weatherspoons is expensive. If you're coming from outer London, thinking that Weatherspoons is cheap, it's not cheap here. It's cheap to a Londoner. Like I think that Wetherspoons is ridiculously cheap until I went to Wetherspoons in Birmingham and I was like, oh my goodness gracious me, Wetherspoons is expensive in London. Um, yeah, your two pound pints are gonna be about seven pounds. So just be prepared for that. It's a shock to the system. All my friends who don't live in London are like, what the fuck, this is daylight robbery. And I'm like, yes, besties, but this is how I live. So let's not let's not remind me that I live in a city that will rob you blind. But that is the case. Um, If you are planning on moving to London or you are in the motions of moving to London, just remember that this city has a lot of history behind it that goes completely unnoticed. And if you are going to move here, maybe you can contribute to the amount of people that are learning about these things and you can be a part of the solution rather than the problem. And I mean that with no mean intention or bad blood. Like genuinely, I love when people move to London because I know how amazing this city is. I just think that we have to we have to come together to accept that this city also has a lot of bad history. Um, but yeah, I hope that was enough advice because, um, I'm probably not the best person to speak to about advice to like on moving to London, because like I said, I've literally lived here my whole life, but it's a great city. If you ever need anything else, just message me. I've got some tips and tricks for, you know, actually nothing so maybe don't but no feel free to message me if you need any more advice um and on that note i'm gonna love you and leave you besties i'm gonna get an acai bowl again uh have a great week remember to put yourself first and i'll see you i won't see you i'll talk to you next week besties